Hey, welcome to the Something to Bless podcast. This show is dedicated to helping you live a life full of purpose and power. If you want to enjoy the richness of all that life has to offer, and there is so much richness to be had, and you want to do it in partnership with God, this is your place. Let's get into it. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. It's Barbara Gian at BarbaraGian.com, and I hope you guys are all doing great. I'm excited. I'm getting ready to travel to Texas. I haven't even looked up the temperatures because I don't even think I want to know, but I am excited. I am going to my nephew's wedding, and this is why I'm, well, I'm excited to see him get married, of course, but I'm officiating this thing. So once I return, you know I'll be telling you all about it. I'm excited. I was, of course, very honored when they asked, but also like, uh, I've never done this before. This is a big deal. And I've been preparing. I've got my speech all written out and I've been practicing it. I was kind of laughing because I don't have any special license or um, certifications to do something like this, but I researched it and it doesn't seem like I need anything, but I am a a mobile notary and it says that notaries can do these type of things. So I don't know. The good thing is they're already legally married. So when I do say by the power vested in me, I don't know if there's really any legit power, but it'll work because they're already married. So they don't need anything special from me. I'm excited. All right. Um, I'm excited also about today's episode. I do want to talk about a couple of things before we jump in. The first thing is threads. Who's on threads? Um, It came out recently. Instagram put this new platform out, yet another platform, right? And I don't know what it is about the Instagram platform, but that's my place. Like that's just where I'm comfortable. That's where I can have fun and easily interact and engage with others. I am on Facebook occasionally. Well, daily. I have a book club, by the way, that is so much fun. It's going amazing. I think it's bigger than a lot of other book groups. Uh, When I researched this whole thing, um, it was recommended over and over to have your groups be in the size, like size six to eight people. And we have 18, although I think there are a few just kind of sitting in there and not really um, joining the actual book club and, and being a part of it, but that's okay. They're there. And uh, I, I'm getting off track. What was I going to talk about? Um, Facebook. Oh, platforms. So I tried getting on Twitter uh, a couple months ago, but it's just not my thing. Just doesn't cut it for me. So threads is where it's at, I think. But I see it kind of like um, dying down a little bit. At first, it seemed like everybody was making 10 threads a day or 10 posts. And now it's like very much slower, even for me. So, but I like it. So if you're on threads, let's be friends on there and start some threads. Okay. There's one other thing. What is it? Oh, I did want to clarify something. First of all, if you're new, welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. And um, if you have been around, you know, I'm always grateful for you guys. If you guys have a minute, I would love for you to rate and review the show. If you're enjoying it, if it's doing anything for you, go ahead and do that. That would just make my day. And also it does help the algorithm for podcasts. So if other people are searching for a good show, your review, your reviews are helpful. Okay. Where was I? Why does my brain keep going in 10 different directions? Oh, okay. I know what it was. And this is because it has come up recently a couple of times by my friend who we were having a conversation about, I don't know what. And 
she asked or she said, uh, what, you know, somebody was asking her what I did for a living or if I even worked. And I thought it was funny because people have asked me this in the last year, like so many times, including my own daughter, my middle daughter was like, mom, people ask, or, you know, maybe not people, a friend asked what you did for a living. And I don't even know what to tell her. And I'm just laughing because when I taught, of course, that's easy. People know I was a teacher, right? But then after that, it's like I had a a gifting business and then I created different products, my affirmation cards and my journals. And then I got certified as a mobile notary. That has been like six years into it now. And then I started a life coaching business, which I never really got off the ground, but I put it out there into the world and, and then I never pursued it any further. And then I switched into copywriting. And so that is what I do. Well, so I do all of that. I do all those things. I have my products that I sell. I am a mobile notary. That's just kind of like a, when people need me, I'm there, right? And then my writing, that is my main job right now. But I'm also on this other side, building my own brand, right? I have my podcast, I have my products, I have a blog, I have a website that I maintain and all these different things that I'm doing so I could see how it can be confusing. But once again, to be clear, copywriting. And for those of you who are like, what is copywriting? I just write text, copy. um, I write stuff for businesses, entrepreneurs, marketing agencies, and it's mostly emails, blogs, web copy, and editing. And I've done, I've, I think I've edited four books now. I'm on a roll with that. I'm really, I like editing. I love fixing things up and making them better, cleaning things up. That's, I love that. Oh, and I also love writing bios. So I've written quite a few professional bios for people in every space you can imagine. So there you go. In case you're wondering, yes, I do work. I do have a job. And as I mentioned on my last episode, I even took a part-time job marketing for a contracting company. It's part, con- well, they're a contractor and they use their, their profits to fund a ministry for teen and college age young men. It's so amazing. I love it. Not sure that I'll be there forever. You know, probably not, but something that I'm doing right now and I'm really enjoying it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Today we're talking about being a lukewarm Christian. And I know that might ruffle some feathers, but that's okay. We can talk about this like mature adults. And honestly, my goal is not to stand in any kind of place of judgment or righteousness. I really just want to look closer at what it means to be a Christian. Because if I'm going to identify myself as anything, then I want to be sure that I'm doing my best to live up to that. And I'm sure all of you do as well. So, I find myself frequently asking my question, kind of like keeping myself in check with the question of what would Jesus do? What if he was standing right here? How would he respond? What does he want from me? Because our flesh is what drives and guides almost all of us, right? We're human beings. We are driven by our desires and our wants and our interests and our needs without really stopping long enough to think, but what does God want? What does he have planned for me, right? And so I wanted to share a short story and it really doesn't, It. I mean, I guess we can make it tied to being a lukewarm Christian, but it's not really, that's not really the point. It's this example that I want to share with you has more to do with me being as grown as I am in my faith, but still 
having certain struggles that I face that I'm like, I need to, I need to grow up in the faith. I need to be more mature. Like I can't believe I'm still dealing with this. So let me tell you the story real quick. We were recently at my son's soccer game, my husband and I, and we were there way early. So we plopped our chairs down across from where the players sit. And we didn't know yet which side our son's team would, would settle on. So we were where we were. My husband takes like a mile long walk to the bathroom right before the game starts. And he's taking forever. So the game's starting, like the kids are settling in and I realize we're sitting on the wrong side, but I'm not going to move our chairs and the stuff by myself. I was going to wait for him. Well, during that time, a family comes in and they sit right next to us. And I'm talking about an inch to our left because there were people to my right. But I'm thinking like there is all this open space. Why are they pushing in so close to us? It was weird. And apparently this family, the mom in this family, didn't recognize me because I guess she knows every single person on her son's team well enough. And she was staring at me like, what are you doing here? Like the nastiest look ever. And I felt it before I saw it with my own eyes. But I felt it long enough for me to be like, oh, heck no. My heart started racing. My, mm -mm, no. Like, so I looked up and this is one of my weaknesses. Whenever I'm in these situations, like if you start something with me, I, well, it depends. Not every single situation. But this time I was like, Oh no. So I looked up at her and I am just staring at her because her face is not nice. And so I'm just staring at her and staring at her and staring at her until she looks away. And that was it. I was all riled up already, like waiting for my husband to come back. And he comes back and I, under my breath, tell him like, we're sitting on the wrong side. We need to move over. And he's like, well, there's no rules. And I'm like, yeah, there's no rules. Why do I need to say anything, especially like that, right? So we stick around and she does it a couple more times and I stare at her back, you know, each time and I'm just in like fired up mode praying the whole time. God, I know this is not who you want me to be. Please help me. Please do something. Please intervene here because Like, I know it's not going to turn into anything after that, but still, like, I don't like feeling like that and I don't like behaving and responding like that. So I had to pray so hard in those few minutes. Well, it wasn't, it was like about 30 minutes um, before we actually got our stuff and moved because that was just the right thing to do. Go on the side of our son's team, but also get myself out of a situation that was not um, very good. So. I am always questioning and considering my walk and how I can improve my walk to reflect the light and love of Jesus. Because apparently that day, like I was not right. But in so many other ways too, like we're humans, we were flawed and we have, we make mistakes every single day. So this is a question that we all should be asking. Because honestly, and I know perfection is never the goal. That will never, ever happen. That will never be mine or your reality, ever. It's not the goal. It's just walking in our best light every single day, right? And one thing I know about God is that he doesn't need me or you fighting any 
of his battles. He's got everything in full control. But he does call each of us to be bold and to stand in the truth, in the light, and to choose a side. We're never going to be the judge of anything or anybody. Again, that's his job. But we are called to take a position and take a stance and reflect him and his light. And we're all modeling for somebody, whether you're a parent or not, you're always an example for somebody. And I felt like there's, well, I always feel like there's such an urgency for people to wake up, to come to God, to know God more. Because the truth is, and you probably know this for yourself, is that people are dying every day. In just the last three weeks, there have been more than three, but three for sure that I have like some kind of direct link or um, knowledge of somebody in some of my circles dying prematurely, my age in their 40s still. And, and, you know, from cancer, from tragic car accidents, illnesses, unexpected, just it's we don't have tomorrow. We really, really do not have tomorrow. We only have today. So there is an urgency to live according to God's word and God's will and not our own. I think we just, I don't know, we just live so much more carefree than I think we should. And I'm really hoping that this podcast episode today speaks to somebody just to take a step back and and lean in a little bit more to God's word and valuing that above any of our own personal thoughts or feelings about anything in life. So let's start by looking at what my definition of a lukewarm Christian is. Maybe you can relate to some of this or all of this. I see this um, as someone who maybe calls themselves or identifies as a Christian. They believe in God. Maybe they go to church. Maybe they don't. But they don't really either know for themselves or follow everything the Bible says. And there's not a strong conviction to live according to God's will and his ways. I think of it kind of as picking and choosing the parts that work for you, your life and then maybe just ignoring the rest or avoiding the rest. Or maybe it's giving God credit when things go well, but then letting him fade out into the background the rest of the time. And it might be that you try to live a good life. You're a good person. You love your friends and family. And that just seems to be enough for you. Okay, so that's my definition. But we all know that lukewarm is lukewarm. When anything is lukewarm, it's neither hot nor cold. And again, well, this is something different than I mentioned earlier. But what I know about God is that he does call us to be one way only. And to choose anything other than his way is to automatically go against him. Because it's him or the enemy. It's life or death, right or wrong, light or dark. You guys get the idea. I want to share a few verses just to help us see more about what God has to say on this topic. From Revelation 3, 15 through 16, it says, I know your works. I know that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. Isaiah 29, 13, the Lord says, 
These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they have been taught. And Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And one of those verses reminds me or makes me think of when I've seen an artist. I used to, a long time ago, I don't anymore, watch these award shows and I would see an artist or even, you know, if I see somebody a clip on social media and they thank God and give all their praise to God and this and that. And I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, I'm glad that you're even saying his name, but I also know the kind of things that you are singing about and promoting in your music. And I know based on what I know from the Bible and God's word that everything you're saying is completely against him. I don't even need to question whether it's pleasing to God um, or if you're using the gift in a holy way. And I know we, we don't all have to sing about Jesus and praise God in our music, but there is a difference between like blatant, vulgar, explicit material and just like clean music, right? That actually gives life because with so much of what I hear and not just in music, in Everything, everything that is out being fed to us has so much that just feeds right into the enemy's hands. And I see that every time we support these things by spending our time watching or listening or paying for, which kingdom or realm are we really multiplying and growing? And it's, it's, and it's becoming so much more blatant than it ever has before. And I'm just sitting back like in total disbelief. I can't grasp and understand how desensitized I feel like we are as a people, as a group. And again, this is not to be judgmental. Some of it may seem judgmental or petty, um, but it is what it is. And I have to, knowing what I know and being where I am, call it out for what it is. I have to be very thoughtful of what I consume and it honestly feels, and this is the part of being a Christian and being bold where it is challenging. It's not always easy because you feel like you are the minority a lot of times. At least that's how I have felt many, many times. It just feels like there are just so many things I can't be a part of. And I know now who I can or want to hang around or what I want to be around or where I want to go. I'm very intentional and very thoughtful of all of those things because I know who I'm serving. And so I know what he asks and calls me to do and to live like. And so I have to be um, considerate of that. I want to share another verse from Matthew 7, 16 through 17. It says, you can detect them by the way they act, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit. You need never confuse grapevines with thorn bushes or figs with thistles. Different kinds of fruit trees can quickly be identified by examining their fruit. Here's the thing. Yes, 
we can be identified by the fruit that we produce based on how we're living our day-to-day life. I look at all things like good health, good relationships, good finances, all these different areas of our life that we can be abundant and prosperous in. And it doesn't mean that those things are automatically in good standing if we're strong believers and and devoted to God's word and his will, because sometimes that's just not the reality for some people. But really, even when we're not in maybe those situations of being prosperous and feeling abundant um, as Christians, there is this genuine deep peace and trust and and hope that we are able to hold on to when we walk a righteous walk with God. And I want to go back to the urgency of really understanding more about what God expects from us, calls uh, us to do, call what kind of life he calls us to, and what that requires of each of us. It may seem hard if you're not somebody already living that life, but once you just surrender and and start learning, he does all the inside work from the inside out. He does that work within you. I think it's really easy for us to overcomplicate uh, God's expectations uh, for our life, but it really is a lot simpler than many of us make it to be. So I hope that this message resonated, spoke to you, shifted a thought, compels you to just crack open the word of all words and just start getting familiar a little more with what God has to say and what he's calling you to because it's all good I can tell you that from direct experience and direct knowledge it is all good it's amazing what changes happen from the inside once you just go there and start doing the work on your end And that's it, guys. Um, Again, I hope this spoke to you, and I hope it was good for somebody out there. Remember to rate and review the show. And until we meet again, you all be a blessing and be blessed.